Will you join me in a word of prayer? Our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and praise for your word, which tells us that once we were far off, enemy of God, but that you have brought us near, you draw us near through your grace and your mercy, and you have made us to be a part of your family. We thank you for that reality, and we thank you for your word and your promise, and we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together as a Concordia family, to be reminded of that week in and week out. Bless this time that we have together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to be seated, and let's welcome up our president, President Thomas. But before we start, let's thank God for all the gifts to the praise team. They're amazing. Thank you, guys. So today, we're going to look at John 20. We're going to look at John 20 connected to the inauguration theme. So I realize Fridays, usually there's a video with Gilbert dancing or something, but not today, John 20. But I think, I think you're going to learn something today. So one of the 12, Thomas, who was called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the holes from the nails and put my finger into them and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. And eight days later, his disciples were in the house once again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, examine my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Do not be an unbeliever, be a believer. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. We're going to come back to that later. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me yet believed. Doubting Thomas, right? That's what he's called, Doubting Thomas. Um, but what are your impressions? Shout it out. Doubter, obviously, right? That's what he's known as, Doubting Thomas. I don't think so. I don't think so. Weak in faith, right? This is Thomas's appraisal, right? He's weak in faith. He doesn't trust. He should just have faith. How about least of the disciples? Besides Judas, wouldn't you rank Thomas right there, right with Judas? Maybe a little higher. But he doesn't have faith. He doesn't trust. How about a seeker of proof? How about intellectually curious? Demanding proof. This is kind of where I see Thomas. Thomas wanted proof. His ideas and hopes had been shattered. All of his dreams, according to John, three years of his life, right? And now he's shattered. Out of his sorrow, probably out of anger, he demanded proof. Look at this quote. How do you read this? Unless I see the holes from the nails and put my finger into them I, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Is his voice quivering because he's sorrowful? Or is he pissed off? Is he angry? I think you could read this both ways. I tend to think Thomas is angry and frightened and sad all at the same time. 
If you don't know this image, one of my favorite images, this is Caravaggio. 1601, he painted the incredulity of St. Thomas. Have you seen this picture? Some of you have. What's Jesus doing? Grabbing his hand and sticking it in his side. You want proof? Here it is. Right? It's very arresting. It's very graphic. Interestingly, it's not biblical. You'll see in a minute. Because Thomas doesn't do it. Jesus invites him to, but the text doesn't say he actually put his finger in there. Crushed expectations. However, Thomas is not alone in this. None of the disciples understood. None of them. If they had understood, would they have been behind locked doors? Wouldn't they have been at the tomb? Where is their expectation? Three years they've been with him, watched him heal the sick, um, give sight to the blind, exercise demons, feed the 5,000. And all the time Jesus is telling them, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be killed. And, but three days later, I will rise from the dead. But they didn't believe it, did they? If you were there and you would have believed it, where would you be on the third day? Behind locked doors? I don't think so. If you really believed it, wouldn't you be at the tomb? But let's back up and give them a little credit for a minute. Behind locked doors. Why there? Why locked doors? Remember, they're from Galilee. They've come down on a pilgrimage. They don't know Jerusalem. In fact, the text is really interesting here. Jesus tells them, look, I want to celebrate the Passover with you. And I've prepared or I've arranged for a, a room to be available. But you need to go to that room. And how are you going to know what building it is? There's a man carrying a water jar. A man carrying a water jar, a very odd text. Look for the man carrying the water jar and follow him and he'll lead you to the upper room. I tend to think this is not Jesus' prescience. Oh, yeah, there'll be a man there with a water jar. I tend to think it's like a born identity moment, and they're looking for their safe room. Jesus cleansed the temple earlier in the week. The Romans are looking for them. The Jewish temple guard is looking for them. They need a safe room, and that's what the upper room is. And so at the garden, when Jesus is hit, arrested, they scatter where do they run in a town they don't know? They run to the only room they know, that's the safe house. And they lock the doors. They're not at the tomb, interestingly. So consider Luke's account, because Thomas isn't the only one that has problems with a shattered expectation. The women come to tell the disciples about the empty tomb, but to them these words seem to be madness, and they did not believe the women. Clearly not an expectation here, right? The empty tomb is not enough. There has to be a post-resurrection appearance. Just before our text for today, we hear that Christ did appear to the ten disciples. The doors of the place where the disciples were staying were locked through fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Thomas wasn't there. Once they, the ten, saw him, they believed. Once they saw, they believed. Once they had proof, they believed. Then, and that's an important then, then they could proclaim to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Faith, trust was not enough for them. It was not enough. Their expectations had been shattered. They ran in fear. 
there had to be a cognitive recognition of the truth of the event. They wanted, and in the case of Thomas, demanded proof. This is curious, is it not? We tend to think that faith or trust comes first. Then understanding. Faith and trust, then we understand the scriptures. Then we study the scriptures. We tend to think that if one seeks to understand, to learn, to believe first, then they don't have a strong faith. Right? Consider the following phrase. We hear it all the time. Just have faith in Jesus. What does that usually say? Just have faith. Don't question too much. Crushed expectations. All the disciples' expectations have been crushed. Luke reports that two disciples, we don't know who they are, were leaving Jerusalem going westbound to Emmaus. On the road to Emmaus, they're leaving because they're crushed. They're leaving town, probably three years. We don't know who they are, but they are, they are so distraught that they're like, okay, we're moving on. We're going to get on with our lives. On the way to Emmaus, Jesus comes to them incognito, hides his appearance. We don't know what it means. And he begins walking with them. And Jesus asked them what they were discussing. And they, of course, incredulously say, how do you not know of the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth? Then they said, we had been hoping that he was the one to liberate Israel. Look at that verb. Had been hoping. Not our hoping, not our still hoping, had been hoping. They are crushed. It took an appearance to Jesus to shake them out of this despair. All the disciples needed similar awakenings. It's not just Thomas who doubted. Mary of Magdala... The woman, Mary Magdalene, you may know her as. Um, according to John's account, Mary discovered the empty tomb. And then she went and told Peter and the beloved disciple about the empty tomb. Later, she's at the tomb, the empty tomb, weeping. And she saw two angels in the tomb and they asked her, Lady, why are you weeping? Next, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was him. Again, incognito. Jesus asked her, lady, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Thomas, sorry, thinking he was the gardener, she says, sir, if you took him away, tell me where you have laid him. Jesus then calls her by name Mary, and she turns and recognizes him and says, Rabuni, my master. And I love this image, if you can see it. This is from Notre Dame. I don't think it's still there. I'm afraid, I'm afraid this burned in the fire. But this is what's behind the altar. Jesus with a shovel. Like he's a Caltrans worker or something, right? Um, Jesus leaning on his shovel, but I love this. That's how you know he's the gardener, right? Thomas demands proof out of his own sorrow and despair and probably anger. Jesus invites him to touch his body. He does not have the audacity to do this. Rather, he passionately and distinctively confesses the divinity of Christ. My Lord and my God. In my reading, this is the highest confession in the entire Bible. The entire Bible. Doubting Thomas, the highest confession. And it's definitely the climax of the Gospel of John. So how do we apply this text to our lives? Quickly. Uh, first of all, confidence. Confidence in what we believe, but also in what we trust, our faith. First of all, the disciples are no better than we for they were filled with doubts and fears. They had questions. They demanded proof and evidence, right? 
They did not believe without seeing. We do. Blessed are we who believe without seeing. Humility in what we believe. Does it mean we always have to, to receive the answers? No. We don't always, we will not always receive the answers. The disciples are great models in this. They traveled and lived with Jesus for all of this time, and they did not understand perfectly, nor do we. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, take heart in this. Now we see through a glass darkly. Now we see vaguely, right? But then we shall see clearly, right? Face to face. Now we know in part, then we will know fully as we are fully known. Thomas is not rebuked for demanding proof. This is key. He is not rebuked for asking for evidence. It's okay, right? I find great hope in this, right? I myself ask demanding questions of God and of the scriptures, and I don't usually receive answers, but I ask demanding questions, and that's okay. We were created as rational creatures with a human brain, and we were meant to ask questions. It's okay. So the theme for this next week is faithfully curious. And I wanted to use the Thomas text to tell you what I'm thinking about here. Curiosity is fine within the context of trust, of faith, right? At a university, we're expected to learn how to ask deep questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. But at Concordia, we do this in the Christian spirit of confidence and humility. In other words, right, we are faithfully curious, just like doubting Thomas and the other disciples. Amen. If you'd stand with me, we're going to pray this prayer together. We humbly ask you, O Lord, to grant us the ability to believe without seeing. Yet this is difficult, as now only see through a glass darkly. Forgive our doubts and strengthen our faith in you. Grant us a vision of your presence in our lives when we earnestly seek to know you and bring our faith to completion in that day when we will see you face to face. Amen. Have a great Friday. We will have a, an announcement in just a moment, but first let me give you a, the, the blessing for the day and then uh, I'll have you sit for the announcement. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. I'll ask you to be seated. I'm going to invite our uh, homecoming representatives to come on up for an announcement.